From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Good evening. This is Robert Arnold, Executive Director of Chatterbox Audio Theatre. Tonight we step outside of our usual home at www.chatterboxtheatre.org to come to you live over the airwaves on 91.1 WKNO Memphis and 90.1 WKNP Jackson. I am joined in the studio by a talented group of actors, technicians, and sound effects artists. We are met here this evening in order to bring you six original tales of horror, monstrosity, and the macabre, tales merely suggested by your radio that will spring to vibrant and terrifying life in your imagination. Being made up of horror stories, our program tonight is not for the faint of heart or the easily upset, so if you fall into either of those categories, consider yourself warned. As for the rest of you, please, turn your lights down low, sit close to your radio, and, if possible, keep someone nearby to reassure you that it's all in your mind. Just make sure that person is someone you trust. Our first story tonight is one of my own. It takes place in the confessional booth of a small Catholic church somewhere in the middle of the city, a place that has seen its share of monsters and malefactors. The man who has stumbled into this booth is still shaking with the magnitude of what he has done. A partition slides back. A soft voice invites him to enumerate his sins. And from there, our story unfolds. Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents tonight's first tale, The Confessional. And the son and the I am listening, my child. For forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been many years since my last confession, decades even. In that case, I'm pleased to welcome you back to the sacrament. Father, I I've done something truly terrible, and I don't know what to do or who to turn to. You can always turn to God, my son. No matter the trespass, it will be forgiven. No, not this one, Father. I'm I'm afraid it's too late for me. Even God won't forgive me now. My son, a heavy burden weighs you down. Confessing your sin will lighten the load. Yes, I know. It's just... I'm not sure where to start. Take a breath and search within yourself. The words will come. You may take all the time you need, my son. This is a safe place. Okay. Okay. I swear to you, Father, I I didn't plan to do it. I mean, not exactly. I had thought about it, sure, dozens of times, but in, until it was happening... I never really believed I had it in me. I woke up to it like I was coming out of a dream, like all of a sudden I looked down and there was this knife in my hand and there she was and... and what, what are you telling me, my son? She's dead, Father. Her throat. I cut her throat. Oh, God. There's so much blood. I could never have imagined there would be so much blood. Uh, who is this person you have harmed? Cheryl, my wife. My wife. And you're sure she, she's, she's dead? Yes. She was cold. By the time I left, she was already turning cold. Oh, my son, my poor lost lamb, this thing you've done, it is a terrible affront to our Lord. I know, Father. Help me. I, 
I promise I will help you in every way I can, but first we must seek holy absolution. We must be swift and sincere in our pursuit of forgiveness. My son, you did the right thing in coming to me and trusting me with your confession. Will you also trust me enough to tell me your name? Philip? You can call me Philip. Philip. Thank you, Philip. Now, please, if you will just allow me to... Stay right there! Please, just stay on your side of the room, Father. Please don't open the curtain. Look, I trust you, Father, I do, but I can only talk to you through this screen here. I, I, I can't let anyone see my face. Not even you. All right, Philip, all right, I'm sorry. I don't mean to drag you into this, but I had to tell someone. I, I didn't know what else to do. Philip, my son, we will deal with this grievous sin together. We, we will pray and humble ourselves and beg God for his mercy. If you are truly repentant in your heart of hearts, then forgiveness will be granted. Philip, we must seek worldly absolution as well. I must counsel you to turn yourself over to the police. If what you say is true... Of course it's true. Do you think this is some kind of joke? Do you think I'm playing a trick on you? In that case, you may have only this one opportunity to save your soul. Uh, my soul? <laughs> my soul is already lost, Father. It's much too late for that. No. No, I'm calmer now, Father, and I think I can figure it out. I'll go back to the house, and I'll, I'll clean everything up, and then... No one knows where she is, anyway. I can say that she's out of town, and that she's visiting relatives. They'll at least buy me some time, and then, well, I'll figure it out somehow. I know I will. Philip, you must listen to me. You will, you will only add the burden of deceit to the crushing weight that already rests upon your soul. God will not look favorably upon you unless you repent immediately in both word and deed. Repent? I'm sorry, Father. I'm weak, I guess. An arrest? A trial? A prison? No! I can't take all Those that. hardships are nothing compared to the agony you will suffer if this terrible deed is not absolved from your soul. Please, my son, it is your only hope. I can tell people that we're separating, that she's... No, 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 Philip, listen no to me. Here, and then some quiet night I can drive out to the countryside. No, no, Philip, you cannot do this. Don't you remember what Cheryl always said? Your temper may be bad, but your heart is good. How did you know that? Father, you don't know me. You don't know my wife. How did you know you, she used to say that about me? How did I know? Because she is here, Philip. She is here with me now. What? Your wife, Cheryl. She is here, sitting across from me. You were right. I'm afraid there is a rather disconcerting amount of blood. What are you talking about? Are you insane? The depth of the gash makes it hard for her to speak, but I believe she can manage a few words if necessary. Listen, I don't know what you're up Cheryl, to. Cheryl, my is daughter, something... is there anything you'd like to say to Philip? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You killed me, Philip. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out. No. No. Cheryl, my daughter, will you please tell Philip when he will be allowed to leave? Never. That is correct. Now, Philip, please retake your seat. There is no point in getting hysterical. Cheryl. Cheryl, honey, is that really you, Cheryl? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm afraid she's right, Philip. It is too late. But you knew that already, didn't you? God help me! I'm afraid it's too late for that as well. God helps the repentant. 
A repentant man would not lie in order to cover up the murder of his wife. He would not plan a secret burial in an unmarked grave. Father, Father, have pity on me, oh gosh. Is she really there with you? There in the room? Yes, Philip, she is waiting for you. But how can that be? It's impossible. Is it? Why don't you open the curtain and see for yourself? No, no, this this is madness. That must be what's happened. I've, I've been driven mad. Not yet, my son, not yet. But you will be. And you? Who are you really? You've got to tell me, Father, who are you? No one terribly important, I'm afraid. I am simply a subordinate, a collector, though I will admit to having a more fruitful assignment than most. No. No, I don't believe you. This, is, this isn't this is happening. It's, it's all some kind of sick joke. In that case, Philip, why not slide back the curtain, step through the doorway, and join us? No, I can't. But you must, Philip. Sooner or later, you must. Otherwise, you will never leave this confessional. I won't. I am afraid not. Your fate has been sealed. There are no further branches in this line of possible events. Eventually, you must pull back the curtain and be reunited with please, your wife. Please, just have pity on me. Please, you just let me out. You will pull back the curtain and you will enter the room. Cheryl will take you in her arms and together the two of you will continue on to that which awaits you. I am afraid you no longer have a choice, Philip. You did, perhaps, at one time, but not any more. Come now, Philip. Cheryl is waiting. I am waiting. There is no other way out. Pull back the curtain. Join us. Join us. I... You must, I... Philip. You must. I... Yes. Father, Father, if I had repented, if I had just turned myself in, would it have mattered? I mean, after what I did, could I really have redeemed myself? That, my son, is something you must now ask yourself throughout all eternity. Yes. Yes, of course. Come now, Philip. Pull back the curtain. Join us. Join your family. Join us. Join us. Join us! listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theatre. This is Tony Isbell. Our next story, which I wrote, opens in a wood-paneled police station in the East Tennessee town of Harper. It is a small, quiet town, a town that has not seen a single murder in more than a decade. Until recently, that is. Tonight, a man accused of no less than three killings sits inside a cramped cell in the Harper police station, waiting Elsewhere in the building, Police Captain Barbara Kincaid and Sergeant William Jenkins finish out another quiet workday with no reason to think that it will end any differently than any other day. This being a Halloween story, they are, of course, mistaken. Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents tonight's second tale, Hostage Situation. I swear, these stupid government computers. Men! 
Hey, Barb, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're in a hurry to get out of here. It's okay, Will. Just trying to finish up this report so I can get home in time to hand out the candy. Mary's bringing the grandkids around. I don't want to miss them. How old are they now? Seven and five. That's good ages for trick-or-treating. Yeah. You the only one left out there? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit late. It's getting dark already. Well, why don't you go on home? I'll lock up here. Well, actually, that's not why I knocked. <laughs> okay, why did you knock? Well, there's some fella out here to see you. He, he just walked in. What fella? He said his name is Cooper. Cooper? I don't know any Cooper. Do you? Well, not this Cooper. Barb, this guy says he's from the FBI. The FBI? What does he want here? He wants to... Barb, he wants to see our prisoner. Where is this Mr. Cooper? He's waiting out in the front office. What do you want me to do? Well, I guess you better go get him and bring him in here. Dang, I hope this doesn't take too long. I got Halloween candy to give out. Okay, I'll get him, Barb. Hey, Will, since we have a visitor from the FBI, maybe we should be a little more... Formal for the time being? Huh? Oh, okay. I got you, Captain Kincaid. Thank you, Sergeant Jenkins. Uh, you can come on in, Agent Cooper. Uh, Barb, uh, Captain Kincaid, this is... Samuel uh, Cooper, FBI. Agent Cooper. I've never met an FBI agent before. Well, here's my ID, just to make it official. Impressive. What can I do for you, Agent Cooper? Mind if we sit down for a minute? Sure, Okay. That'll be all for now, Sergeant Jenkins. Yes, ma'am. I'll wait for Joe. I mean, Officer Wilson to show up for the night shift. All right now, Agent Cooper. What brings you to Harper? I'd like to see your prisoner, Captain. Our prisoner. Now, if you don't mind me asking, how do you even know about our prisoner? <laughs> I do work for the FBI, Captain. He was involved in a bank robbery. A bank robbery that led to a murder and a hostage situation. The FBI investigates these things. Well, the FBI used to investigate those things. Seems to me in the last few years y'all spent a lot more time hunting for terrorists you never seemed to find. You sound a little angry, Captain. Do you have something against the FBI? No, I don't, Cooper. I just thought plain old bank robberies were beneath the FBI's notice these days. That's not the point. The point is, it's late, I'm tired, I have grandkids coming over for Halloween, and I'd like to get out of here. So let's make it quick, okay? All right, Captain, I'll make it quick. I would like to see your prisoner, Charles Walter Jacobs, also known as Snake Jacobs. I would like to question him regarding the robbery, murder, and kidnapping that occurred one week ago at the Second Financial Bank in Fisherville. It shouldn't take more than 15 minutes. I have some specific questions I would like to ask him regarding the alleged incident that occurred that night. Oh, for Pete's sake. Do you mean that garbage he's been spouting since we picked him up? That crazy story? Yes, actually. That is exactly what I mean. <laughs> what if, what division of the FBI do you work for, Agent Cooper? <laughs> the X-Files? <laughs> oh, very amusing, Captain, but no, it's just that the Bureau has a certain interest in Snake Jacobs. We have reason to believe he may be involved in a drug ring here in the Southeast. As far as the story he's been telling, you don't believe it? What? Believe it? Of course I don't believe it. I think he's just trying to set up a case for an insanity plea. He's trying to save his worthless murdering behind from a death sentence. I don't care what he says. Him and his partner killed that guard and that woman and her daughter. And I hope he fries for it. I'm just sorry we didn't get his partner. Yes, well, I'm sure his partner won't get far. So... May I see him? Agent Cooper, I want to be home in time to spend Halloween with my grandkids. We can do this tomorrow. Look, I know it's late and I'm unannounced and I apologize. However, time is of the essence. He has information I need tonight. Ten minutes? Okay, ten minutes. Then I'm out of here. Sergeant Jenkins? Yes, Captain. Can you take our prisoner to the interrogation room, please? Uh, I 
Yes, ma'am. Right away, Captain. Interrogation room's right down the hall, Agent Cooper. I'm sure you'll find it adequate. There's a video feed to that monitor right over there in the corner, meaning I can watch and listen and record everything that's said and done in that room. Would you like me to tape it for you? Oh, I don't think that will be necessary, Captain. Isn't recording interrogation standard procedure for the FBI anymore? Well, this won't be a full-scale interrogation. Just a few minutes of questioning. No need to record it. Okay. Whatever you say. Captain, he's ready. Thank you, Sergeant. First door on the left, Agent Cooper. Thank you, Captain. I won't be long. Mark, what's going on? I'm not sure, Will. Would you do me a favor? Would you try to get a hold of the FBI and ask them about Agent Cooper? Yeah, sure thing, Barb. Uh, ask them what about Agent Cooper? I, I don't really know. Just ask them about Agent Samuel Cooper. See what they say. Let me know, okay? I'm going to stay in here and try to finish this report. Sure thing, Barb. And Will? Yeah? Would you turn the monitor on before you go? Sure. Hello, Snake. Uh, who are you? I'm Agent Samuel Cooper of the FBI. Mind if I sit down and ask you a few questions? Can you help me, please? Let me just pull up a chair and we'll talk about it. Uh, now then, Snake, how can I help you? Look, you gotta... you gotta protect me. Protect you? Protect you from what? Captain Kincaid out there? I'll admit she's a little feisty and she can't stand the sight of you, but I doubt she'll do you any harm. No, no, not her. Them. Them who, exactly? The... The, the werewolves. <laughs> did you say werewolves? Yes, yes, I did. Look, I know it sounds crazy. I know how crazy that sounds, but you gotta believe me. Uh, I think I'll have a cigarette. Snake, would you care for one? Yeah, yeah. God, yes, please. Oh, that's good. I do enjoy my tobacco. I know I should quit. I know it's bad for me. I know it'll probably kill me someday, but I do enjoy my tobacco. Now then, Snake, would you like to tell me just what you meant by werewolves? I meant just what I said. Werewolves. It People who can turn into friggin' wolves, man. Unnatural monsters. You know, Snake, there are those who might argue that you are an unnatural monster. Because we know that you killed at least one person, probably three. We know that you actually exist in this world. We know that what you did was evil, inhuman, soulless. I'd have to say that makes you a pretty good candidate for a monster, wouldn't you? Look, I know I'm repulsive, okay? I'm a bad guy. I've done terrible things. I admit it, but this... This is different. I'm talking about real werewolves, you know, the kind that you see in the movies. Awful, hideous things. And they're coming for me. I know they are. Snake, I've been doing this job for a long time. I know exactly what you're up to. You're trying to lay the groundwork for an insanity plea. It won't work. We have the robbery on tape. We have the shooting of the guard on tape. You're afraid of the death sentence, and you're working right now to make sure you don't get it. You don't understand. I already have a death sentence. It's just a question of when they'll get to me. Look, please, just... Just help me, please. Just, just listen to me for a minute. Just listen, please. Okay, Snake. I'm listening. What do you want to say? Okay. Okay, thank you. Just... Okay. We did the bank job. Me and Ray. We did. I, I don't deny that. We did it. We thought it was going to be easy. A piece of cake. It was just a little bank job in a podunk town. I mean, we cased it for a week. We had it all down. There was only one guard on duty that day. This old guy named Charlie. 
He had white hair and a mustache. He looked like he came out of Mayberry. It should have been clean and easy. In and out. Nobody got hurt. We just take the money and go. But it didn't work out that way, did it? No, it didn't. How could we know that good old reliable Charlie would call in sick for the first time in his life? We didn't know. We didn't know they'd send some new young hotshot. We just didn't know. What are you saying, Snake? That it was the guard's fault that he got killed? Yes, no. I don't know. All I'm saying is he shot first. He... he... Look, it's like this. We went, when we looked inside, there weren't many customers. Two old ladies. Looked like they were in their 70s. A younger woman, maybe in her 30s, with her daughter who was maybe 12. That was it. That and no Charlie. Just this young, different guard. I remember looking through the window and getting this sick feeling. I don't like it when things don't go according to plan. I wanted to talk it over with Ray, so we started walking down the block. Not going anywhere, just talking. Look, Snake, there's nothing to worry about. The plan's still the same as before. We go in, we show our guns, we get everybody to lie on the floor, we get the money and go. It's simple. Yeah, okay, but what about the guard? It's not Charlie. We don't know this guy. It don't matter. He's a kid. He can't be more than 22, 23. He'll be scared stiff. I'm telling you, it's still a piece of cake. It's the simplest job we ever pulled. Ray, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Something seems off. I, I, I think we should wait. Look, we're ready now. We got it planned. I'm pumped, and I don't want to wait anymore. I'm going in, whether you go or not. But if you want your share, then I suggest you go with me and quit your whining. Okay. Okay, I'm in. Great. Now, come on. Got your gun ready? It's right here. Good. Let's go. All right, everybody freeze! This is a hold-up, folks. As long as you cooperate, everything and everyone will be fine. Just me want some money here, then we'll go. Shut up! Shut up! Much better. Snake, get the guard's gun, please. Give it here, pal. Nice and easy and there won't be any trouble. Look, you'll never get away with this. Why don't you just... Just shut up and give me your piece. Okay, okay, here it is. Slowly now. Take it slow. Okay, Snake. Sounds like a routine bank job so far. So what went wrong? Look, Cooper, it's just like I told you. Everything was fine up to that point. Then the guard, he... He decides he wants to be a hero. He's pulling his gun out nice and slow. And for a second, no, half a second, my eyes darted over to Ray, where he was making all the customers lie on the floor. I made a mistake, a rookie mistake, and then... Drop your gun! I got you! I, I got you! Let go of me, you punk! I swear I'll... No! Snake, I'm hit! Oh, I'm my God! Hit. Oh, my God, you little... I'll kill you! No, no, please don't! I got him, Ray! I got him! Oh, my God! Oh, my God, there's so much blood! Where are you hit, Ray? Where? Snake, I'm hit bad. You gotta get me out of here. You gotta get me help. You people, stay down! Down! I gotta think! Hey, you! You lady with a little girl, I'm talking to you. What? What do you want? Are those scrubs you're wearing? Are you a nurse? I... I... Answer me! Are you a friggin' nurse? Yes, yes, I am. Then you're coming with me, you and your little girl, now. No, no, please. At least leave my daughter. Both of you, now. I don't have time to argue. Come along nice and you won't get hurt, I promise. No, please, I... I don't have time to argue. So just like that, a simple robbery turns into a murder and a kidnapping. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know what else to do. Ray was hit. He was bleeding like crazy. Blood was everywhere. I forgot about the money. I forgot about everything except getting Ray out and getting him fixed up. I got the woman to help me load him in the car, and I put the girl in the front seat with me and the woman and Ray in back. Mommy, I'm scared. It's all right, honey. 
Just be brave. Sure. That's all right, kid. Your mommy's gonna help my friend and everything will be fine. I I'm scared. Don't be scared. Nothing's gonna happen. I promise. But you know what, Cooper? Even when I made that promise, I knew it wasn't true. Not really true. I, I mean, Ray. I knew Ray. I knew if the nurse could get him stitched up, if, if she could get him back on his feet, he'd never let him live. Ray didn't like witnesses. And that's what I was thinking when I looked in the rearview mirror and I saw the woman already working on him. She had his shirt off and was holding it up against his wound to stop the bleeding. Ray was only half awake. But the woman didn't know I was watching her. At least, at least I don't think she did. Because when I saw her, I, I saw her take her right hand, her hand that was covered in Ray's blood. I saw her take it to her, and raise it to her face. She held it there, right in front of her face, and she, she closed her eyes, and she... She what? Snake, what happened then? Look, I swear to you, Cooper. I swear to you, I saw her stick out her tongue and lick some of Ray's blood off her fingers. She licked blood off her finger? Yeah, I saw it. At least I, th I thought I saw it. I mean, it all happened in an instant. But before I could say anything, the girl started talking again. Mister, are you going to hurt us? Are you going to hurt me and my mommy? Uh, no, kid, no, I'm not. I promise. I... I just want your mommy to help my friend. We're just going to go to our cabins where she can fix them up. I, I got a first aid kit there. And, and then you'll let, us get, you'll let us go. I promise. So you drove him to your cabin. What happened then? I got us there. I got Ray in the bed. The woman started to work on him. The bullet had gone right through him. She didn't think it hit anything major. But there was a lot of bleeding. She cleaned him and sewed him up. Ray was screaming for a while. She worked as fast as she could, but it took a long time. When she finished, Ray slept or passed out. It... Then she and her little girl just sat there, holding each other, staring at me. It, it gave me the creeps. I, I thought about letting them go before Ray came too, but I knew how mad he'd be. I finally locked the two of them in the bathroom. It was the only place I could close them up, and then I waited for Ray to wake up. He was out for almost eight hours. When he finally came to, it was dark. Where am I? It's okay, Ray. Uh, we're at the cabin. How did we... Oh, oh God, that hurts, man. Oh, oh now, now I remember the bank. We messed up, didn't we? No, I messed up. It was my fault, Ray. I'm sorry, man. No, no, forget it. I'm okay now. Let's just... Wait a minute. Uh, who who fixed me up? It was the woman at the bank. What woman? At the bank with the little girl in the nurse's uniform. How did she... I brought her along, her and the little girl. Brought him along? What do you mean, here? You brought him here? Yeah, Ray, I thought... Are maybe... you out of your freaking mind? You took two hostages and brought him here? Ray, you were hurt. You were bleeding, man. I didn't know what to do. I just thought You that... just fried us is what you did, you fool. What were you doing dragging witnesses along? I was trying to save your life. And I did. I mean, maybe I should have left you there to bleed to death. Just left you there to die. I did the best I could, Ray. Okay, Snake. Sorry, it's okay. What'd you do with them? They're locked in the bathroom. Our bathroom. Now? Still alive. Well... Still alive? Yeah. It's okay, Ray. We can just dump them and... No. We, can... we can't. We can't just dump them, Snake. You know that. 
They've seen too much. We can't leave any witnesses. You know that. Ray, I... I don't... No, Snake. No witnesses, period. I know, Ray. I know. So what are we going to do? Put him in the car. So how did you end up doing it, Snake? How did you kill them? It wasn't like what you think. It wasn't like that at all. We waited a couple of more hours until it was good and dark. Then we drove them out into the clearing in the woods. And Ray... Ray was playing with them. Enjoying it. End of the line, ladies. Please step out. Watch your heads. I wouldn't want you to get banged up. I'm asking you one last time. Let us go. Honey, I don't think you understand. I am going to let you go. Let's just wait a few more minutes till the moon comes up so you can see a little better. I mean, we wouldn't want you to get lost out here in the woods, you and your young one. Do you think I'm blind? I know what you're planning. This is your last chance to let us go. Leave now. Leave us here and go. Sugar, you just wait right here while I talk to my friend, okay? Snake, come here. Look, Snake, it's almost time. Ray, I don't know if I can do this. What do you mean? We got to. We have no choice. Wait, look, I never... I never... What? I never killed a kid before. It's the first time for everything. But, Ray, I don't think I can. Look, Snake, I'm not doing it all by myself. We're in this together. You don't want to shoot the kid? Fine, I'll do it. But you shoot the mother. Or else I'll shoot the kid, and then I'll shoot the mother, and then I'll shoot you. Understand? Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Good. Look, the moon's just coming over the trees. A nice, full moon. Plenty of light now. Plenty of light to see their faces. I like to see their faces. Let's go. We walked back over to him. The the moon was rising behind us. It was the biggest full moon I'd ever seen. The, the silver light was pouring down into the clearing. I could see their faces. The woman and her daughter. But the funny thing was, they they didn't look scared. Not at all. They, they looked like they were waiting. You ready? Yeah. Do it. What the... Hey, we missed them, you idiot. Try again. I don't think we... We hit them, Cooper. I know we hit them, but nothing happened. Oh, that's not right. Something happened all right. Something happened to them. What, Snake? What happened to them? They they started to... to change. (laughs) To change? You expect me to believe this? Cooper, I swear to God, it's true. They were changing. Their skin melting. Hungs of their flesh were just, just falling to the ground. Underneath was something... Something horrible. They were turning into these things. I don't know. Wolves, maybe. Something awful. Something that wasn't human. They started moving towards us. I was frozen. I couldn't move, but Ray... Ray could move. He dropped his gun and started running. He wasn't making a sound. He ran out of the clearings towards the car and left me there. I think that's what saved me. When he started to move, they both took off after him. They got down on all fours like they were animals. They just took off faster than anything I've ever seen. They were out of the clearing in a second. And then I heard Ray. I started to run in the opposite direction. Anything to get 
to get away. I, I ran. I ran as fast as I could. It couldn't have been more than 30 seconds. And then I heard... I heard something behind me. Something fast. Something... I swear I could hear the grunting, a panting. It was loud and it was getting closer. I, I could hear it. I could hear something snapping branches behind me as I ran. And I knew I was a dead man. So why aren't you a dead man, Snake? How did you get away? Just chance. Just random chance. Somehow I reached the road, a little back road. And as I ran into the road, a jeep came flying towards me. Mr. Mr. Are you okay? Did I hit someone? What was that in the road? Get back in the car! Get back in the car and drive! What? But, but the other guy... We Get in the car and drive now! At first, Cooper, we did, he didn't move. He just stood there looking at me, but I, but I jumped in his car and he jumped in beside me. That, that thing was lying in the road. It got up. It looked at us. It started walking towards us. What is that? What is that thing? Go! Go! It was right on our tail, Cooper. I thought it was going to jump in the car and rip our heads off. But little by little, we outran it. Finally, we hit the main highway and it stopped following us. It just quit like it didn't want to leave the woods. But I swear, I, I could see its eyes. Its terrible glowing eyes watching us as we drove away. And that's when the cops got involved. Yeah. A cop pulled us over for speeding. I'd never been so glad to see a cop in my life. He recognized me. He brought me here, and uh, I've been here ever since. And that's your story. That's what you've been telling everybody. That's what you expect me to believe. Look, I know it sounds crazy. You don't think I know that? But it's true. I swear on my mother's life, it's true. You know what, Snake? I believe you. You do? Yes, I do. I believe every word you just said. All of it. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Everybody else just thought I was crazy or lying. I mean, I, I've just been waiting for that, that thing to come back for me. The sheriff here, that Kincaid woman, she won't listen to me. She just thinks I'm trying to set, up, set myself up for an insanity plea. She just won't listen. Oh, I don't know, Snake. Something tells me Captain Kincaid has listened a lot closer than you think. Huh. I guess Cooper is smarter than I took him for. So now what, Cooper? Are you going to protect me? What... What are you doing with that chair? Why, I'm taking it right here to the door, Snake. Why? Well, I thought it might... Uh, yes, yes, see, Snake? It fits perfectly right here under the doorknob. That should keep anyone from interrupting us. Interrupting us? What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean, Cooper? Come in. Barb, Barb, I can't... Hold on a minute, Will. Wait, wait, no, Will, just shut up for one minute. Look at the monitor. Uh, Cooper, what are you doing? No... No, don't! Let me go! What's wrong, Snake? Oh, I guess you really can't talk with my hands around your throat, can you? Why are you doing this? Are, are you one of them? Are you a werewolf? Oh, please, do I look like a werewolf? No, Snake, I don't care one bit about those wolves or what happened to them. Not one bit. But I'll tell you what I do care about. That bank guard you killed. <coughs> the guard? Why? Why do you care about him? Well, you see, Snake, that guard, that insignificant nobody that you shot without a second thought, that guard was my nephew. Oh, God. No. No. Oh, yes. I'm afraid he will. Will, we've got to get to that interrogation room now. Oh, Barb, you gotta listen now, to me. Now, Will, move it. Cooper, please, no. What, what are you doing? What's happening to your mouth? Your teeth? What is... Oh, God. No. No. Oh, my God. Will, look at our prisoner. Look. Look at his throat. God. Oh, my blood. This can't be. It just can't. Cooper? Will, where is Cooper? 
How do you get out of this room? Oh, Mark, that's, that's what I was trying to tell you. you. You asked me to get a hold of the FBI and ask them about Agent Cooper. I finally got him. And? What did they say, Will? Will, what did they say? Bart, they said Cooper. They said he died four years ago. Died? He, he died. He was killed, some kind of serial killer or something. All the blood was drained out of his body. And then... What? And then his body disappeared. And it was never recovered. are listening to a live Halloween performance by Chatterbox Audio Theater. This is Kel Christie, Artistic Director of Theater Memphis. We trust that our next tale comes from the imagination, and not the personal history, of Memphis Flyer columnist and theater critic Chris Davis. It concerns the unusual childhood of a quiet young man in a small southern town. The experiences this man will relate serve as a reminder that some monsters come from within, and that no one is safe from the creatures inhabiting his or her own dreams. With that in mind, Chatterbox Audio Theater presents tonight's third tale, The Apology. Of course I have dreams. God, yes. Those random nocturnal visitations. I have designs, too. And desires. But you're not interested in that, are you? You want to know about the nightmares. Of course, I'll tell you everything. Everything you want to know. But don't expect an apology. And don't expect to suddenly understand me. Don't expect to suddenly understand a thing. I was just a numbskull kid from a churchy family who lived on the edge of West Nowhere. The empty fields were my playground and the crawling woods. I ran with an imaginary gang of knights and ragged cowboys who stood shoulder to shoulder with Big Bird, Superman, Jesus, and G.I. Joe. All day long, we kept the world safe from bullies and bad guys. I fell asleep every night to the sound of the crickets and the whistle of the evening train. And I dreamed about nothing, like I never left the womb. That was just before Daddy died in the big Jasper Ridge fire, when a train hauling propane tanks derailed and blew up turned half of Middlefinger County into a dusty crater filled with ghosts and carpetbaggers. I'd been playing Lone Ranger when I heard the boom and felt the ground shake. That night I saw my friend Sammy's dad on the news. He was fat and running from explosion to explosion, and he fell and rolled around. And there was flames everywhere, and the heat made everything look wavy. I didn't know he was a volunteer firefighter, and I wondered if he'd gone to buy new cleats for Sammy. Coach says Sammy needs new cleats, but Sammy says his mom needs medicine. That's when I started dreaming about the devil. He'd rip me out of my mama's arms and haul me off to hell to be with my daddy. Now my grandfather would try to save me. I'm sorry, boy. I did what I could. But every night he failed, and my chubby little hands finally slipped free of his. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd fall for eternity into a steaming black pit. The demon's long red arms curled around me, my chest melting like cheese beneath rotten corpse-like fingers. I remember trying to scream and not being able to, and then I would wake up laughing, 
because the devil looked just like one of those cans of minced ham my grandmother always bought when there was a coupon in the paper. Except sometimes I woke up screaming. I believed in monsters. My mom told me there was nothing but fiction, like Santa Claus and leprechauns. But I knew from church that all kinds of things existed outside the world we could see, and that just because we couldn't see something didn't mean it wouldn't save the world. I'll get us in the end. I had faith in monsters. The devil was real, and he was a monster. He was the king of monsters. And after Daddy died, I started worrying that maybe I was the devil's child and probably doomed to become a werewolf or or the Antichrist, or worse. My granddaddy would ask me, Hey, boy, you know how old you'll be in the year 2000? No, sir. 33. That's how old our Savior was when they nailed him to the old rugged tree. I had a constant need for forgiveness, so I began to pray. Dear God, forgive me of my sins, in Jesus' name, amen. All day. Dear God, forgive me of my sins, in Jesus' name, amen. Dear God, forgive me of my sins, in Jesus' name, amen. And, for a while, all the praying made the dreams go away. All right, boys, we need to hustle out there today. Come on now, get in your positions, okay? Hey, you, what position you play, son? My position, uh, my position, my coach asked me this before our very first game. Coach Tanner owned a shirt factory behind the high school gym and was reported to be one of the richest men around. His wife had been killed in the explosion, and so he took an extended vacation to Florida with his ex-wife. And as a result, when game day arrived, he was fresh off the plane, half-lit, and his eager team of six-year-olds had yet to practice even once. Come on now, what position? My my name is Bill, and I'm a pitcher. I lied. I wasn't a pitcher. I didn't know what I was. Now, Dad had promised to teach me the game, but he died. So for one long, shame-filled half-inning, I beamed batters and threw wild balls into the dirt. I made the umpire wish he'd won a cup, and I wilted on the mound, hissing back up at the hot sun that stared at me like a hanging judge. I'll put you out someday. After the game, Coach Tanner's daughter Katie told me that I freaked her out and that I freaked the other kids out too. She said my mom tied pork chops around my neck so the dog would play with me. I hated being laughed at. Fear is a kind of respect. That night, I drifted off to sleep so suddenly I forgot that I'd ever been awake. In my dream, I found myself wandering about in the woods behind my house, near the old sawmill. Now, there was nothing out of the ordinary, and everything was where it belonged. I found the lean-to me and Sammy had built from the hood of an old truck and discovered that the comic books I left there had been bleached by the rain and partially eaten by the ants. I could already hear my grandfather preaching about how I'm just just like like my daddy, daddy, and I don't don't take take care care of my things. And I started to cry because I knew he was right. And then, a huge, moist tongue began to lap at my face. Go go on, dog. Go on, get out of here. Get. I loved this dream dog immediately and wanted to take him home. But I knew I would never take proper care of him and that he would end up ruined just like my comic books if he hung around with me long enough. But the dog kept licking and licking, and the next thing I know... We were running through the woods together, fighting crime. Sick him, Tonto! Get him, boy! 
He attacked a twisted old elm tree, which my spider sense informed me was kind of a diabolical scheme to enslave the other trees and become the king of the trees. And later, the world. Now Tonto peed on the tree, and so did I. And we ran off to the site, the sawmill, to write more wrongs. <laughs> and then it was morning, and time for church. And I couldn't wait to tell my friends in Sunday school about the cool new dog who lived in my dreams. For weeks, I looked forward to bedtime and sometimes even skipped watching TV so I could rush off to sleep and play with Tonto. All I had to do was close my eyes and Tonto was there, waiting to run and play. Well, come on, boy. Come on. Let's go. It was more fun than real playing because we could go to all the places I was forbidden to go. The pond, the old hay barn, and best of all, McElroy's cave. As an adult, I have gone back to McElroy's cave and explored it to its terminating point. I found it very much as I remembered from my dreams, right down to the graffiti-covered walls where kids had been signing their names and initials since my grandfather was young. My grandfather's name is there. Mine is not. That's how I know this story is all just a child's nightmare. Oh, oh. Come on, boy. Let's go inside. In the dream, Tonto and I went into the cave looking for pirate treasure and hoping to find a mummy of an Indian. The mouth of the cave is small, and the tunnel narrows for about 200 feet before opening up into the first big room, which has tunnels leading off to the left and right. Well, which way should we go, boy? Which way? <laughs> the left tunnel slopes sharply down for about another 100 feet and terminates at a hole in the cave floor only 6 or 8 feet deep. Once inside, you can see that it is a passage to a crawling tunnel, which opens up into the graffiti room. When you're that deep in the cave, there is no light source. But in my dream, the room was brightly lit, and I could see all the names and initials scratched on its walls. Finding a piece of soft white stone, I began to add mine. I'm going to put your name up here too, boy. See? Look, right under mine. I'm going to carve <gasps> it right... Tonto! Tonto, wait! Don't go down there without me! Wait! Wait! Tonto had shot down the middle of the three tunnels that the room offered. I followed, and soon I heard the sound of flowing water. Well, Tonto, where are you, boy? Come on back now, come on! We need to get out of here and get home and, and go... And suddenly, I was no longer in a narrow place. I stretched my arms out in all directions as far as they could reach, but could touch no wall. I stretched behind me, nothing. I stood up and reached my arms as high above my head as I could. I could feel nothing. Everything was pitch black, and the sound of rushing water was louder than ever. The blackness around me seemed infinite. This is a bottomless pit! There was no echo. My voice was gobbled up by the colossal darkness. I had lost Tonto. Tonto? Tonto? Tonto here, boy! Nothing. I was alone. In my wakened state, I would have begun to pray, but in the caverns of a dream, there is no idea of God. So I curled up on the cold limestone and went to sleep. To sleep and dream of sleeping and dreaming is like holding a mirror up to a looking glass. It is impossible to tell which way is forward and which way is back. I remember dreaming that I had awoken at home. How many times have I told you not to go into that cave? It's slippery and full of snakes. And if you get lost in there and bit by a snake, we might not ever find you. 
Now go sit in the corner until I tell you that you can get up. And no screaming. <laughs> I awoke in the cave, but was no longer alone. There was a warmth and a steady breathing curled up next to me. Tonto! Tonto, you came back! Good boy! <laughs> well, you have to get us out of here, Tonto. You have to get us home. That's what I was sent for. Tonto? Say it isn't you! Say it ain't you! I was sent by the sun to take your soul! <laughs> I ran and found myself suddenly in the woods. I could hear Tonto close behind me. I was sent by the sun to take your soul! <laughs> Go back to sleep now. You need to get your sleep. Y'all got a big game tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe the biggest. We ain't never beat West Middlefinger in as long as I can remember. Now, we ain't never, ever in the history of as long as I can remember beat West Middlefinger, but I believe this year we got a chance. Y'all boys, show them no mercy. No mercy. Get up there and kick their behinds all the way back to that smoking hole they crawled out of. You hear me? Get your game face on. Get fired up. And to help with that, new uniforms. Hey, come on now. Everybody gets one. Don't matter which one because they're all the same size. I was exhausted. I'd been awake all night sitting in the bathroom floor with the door locked, the light on, and the water running in the sink with my eyes closed because I was afraid of everything I saw. Now go on, son. Get your uniform. What you waiting for? Getting dressed was an ordeal and I put my jersey on inside out. I took my place at shortstop and let the first two hits slip between my legs. Hey kid, why don't you learn to catch? Learn to put your dang clothes on while you're at it. <laughs> the third hit was a hot ground at a second, which Sammy picked up and threw with every ounce of his strength towards third base for the first leg of a possible triple play. Now after this fire, Sammy threw every ball as hard as he could. My face just happened to be in the way this time. Blackout. I once read on the bathroom wall, if the human mind were simple enough to understand, he would be far too simple to understand it. Probably too simple to read the writing scrawled on the bathroom wall between Christ saves and Moses skulls on the rebound. I don't even know why I brought that up. There was no doubt that I was drowning. Icy water filled my mouth and burned the inside of my nose, and although my eyes were wide open, I could not see. My first thought was to give up and let the water take me. But then the fear came, and I began to kick and fight, not knowing if I was moving myself closer to the surface or propelling myself deeper down. All at once, I broke through. I was being swept by a powerful current down a river, the boundaries of which I could not even guess in the impossible darkness. Forgive me of my sins, dear Lord, please Eventually, I was able to grab a large rock in midstream and hold fast. Just as I had gotten hold, I heard... No! No! Leave me alone! No! Please, no! Stop! Please, stop! It looks like he's waking up, though. Yes, sure he is. Give him a bit more of the propofol, will you? We've got a ways to go yet. It's all right now. It's all right. Just breathe, okay? Just breathe. Heavily sedated, 
The ride home from the hospital felt like ages. We stopped for gas, and my mama bought me a 7-Up with a bendy straw because my jaws were wired together. Everything looked cloudy, and the doctor said I might have to be outfitted with glasses. Everything gets worse and worse. At home, my grandfather waved and clapped his hands. <laughs> Haven't seen you in years. Didn't hardly know you. <laughs> Daddy, go get a surprise. Oh, you got it. You, you sit right there, boy. You're going to love this. Now, don't try to talk, honey. You just rest there until Granddaddy comes back. All right, here we go. <laughs> hey, he's beautiful, ain't he? We found him at the sawmill, and he's yours. You can call him what you want, but your mother and me have been calling him Tonto, and he likes that, don't you, boy? Don't you? Well, what you think, boy? I was sent by the sun to take your soul. It took time to heal. By fall, the feeling came back to my cheeks and lips. My jaws were no longer wired together. I had my strength back, and with it a strange new power. I had the ability to make my mama get me anything I wanted. And at some point, I decided I wanted a BB gun. And by God, I got it. Mom, Tonto and me are going bird hunting. Be back for dinner. Since being adopted, Tonto had been greatly neglected. And he seemed to enjoy being the center of attention that day. I took him to my lean-to and read him comic books. Later, we played Fantastic Four on the sawmill. And just about dusk, I put his leash back on and headed towards McElroy's cave. Tonto walked ahead of me like he knew where he was going. When we got to the entrance of the cave, he laid down and wouldn't get up. All right, then. You stay right there if that's the way you want it. I tied his leash to a tree, took three steps back, aimed my da daisy rifle, and... <laughs> the first shot put out his left eye. Talk! Talk, you! You were talking before! Talk! <laughs> With the second shot, he was blind. Who sent you? Who sent you here? Tell me! Come on, Tonto! Talk! Talk! Tell me! Come on! Say it! Who sent you here? Come on! Come on, dog! Talk! Talk! Well, you and Tonto sure played for a long time. I know. Fifty times I shot the dog. At least fifty times. You know I don't like having you in those woods at night. Yes, I know. And each time the dog refused to speak, the easier it became to shoot him. <laughs> well, there you are. I told your mama you'd turn up sooner or later, but... But but where's my dog? Where's Tonto? Tied up in the backyard. So... I guess I lied to you, just like I lied to my mama. I am sorry for something. I am sorry for the dog. At long last, Repellent Pictures brings you the exciting sequel to Snakes on a Plane. It's my job to handle life and death situations on a daily basis. Samuel L. Jackson reprises his role as FBI agent Neville Flynn, but he's not flying the unfriendly skies this time. Well, that's good news. 
Grounded for an indefinite period for hysterical ophidiophobia, Agent Flynn is heading back to Washington, D.C. via public transportation on the open road. It's what I do, and I'm very good at it. But this trip ain't all it's cracked up to be. Enough is enough! I have had it with these mother... Roaches. On this mother... Bus. Cockroaches on a bus. Coming soon from Repellent Pictures.